clap on three. Ready? Okay. One, two, three. Oh, on three. That was a good flam. You yeah, were like a little bit off. <laughs> I was thinking more one, two, three, go. That's just like the swing artist in you. It's mm. like when we clap, you just want to swing it a little bit. Yeah, get that off grid clap. We were late. Yeah. Dude, thanks for joining the podcast. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me. It's good to meet you yeah, for the first time. Too. I feel like I've already known you, though. Like, I don't know. Have we met? I don't. Maybe in a past life. I don't yeah. know. I saw you the other night at Ophelia's, and yeah, that was. Yes. I was like, I swear, that's that's the guy. He's got the Ableton hoodie. You didn't even say hello. No, I didn't. Kind of hurts my feelings. No, I was in my feelings. That's right. <laughs> that's okay. You're vibing. You're <laughs> yeah. enjoying the I show. Was, you're right. That's, that's more important. It was a great show. It was a great show. Yeah. Shout out to the Jay Dilla tribute at yeah, Ophelia's. Paris and Isaac, Will Gaines. Mm-hmm. Borum. And Borum. Borum Lee. A killer crew. That was a killer crew. The drummer. Who was the drummer? I didn't know that. Uh, Isaac Teal from Talk. That was him. Yeah. I He's knew incredible. he looked familiar. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense because he was absolutely murdering. Yeah. It was also, he's a heavy-handed drummer, too, and it was yeah. a small room, so it was also very loud. He's a New York man. He knows how to do it. He's yeah. good. And Paris, um, yeah, he was singing a little bit, which I haven't heard him do, and he sounded great. Yeah. It was, it was good. He was doing it justice, for sure. Yeah, it was definitely a good crew. Yeah, anybody who doesn't know Jay Dilla, do some homework. Yeah. You have homework to do. Yeah, I feel like now we're at a spot where most people... Yeah. Well, it's also kind of, he's also become kind of a hot commodity, I feel like people yeah. are like college girls are like they Jay can't Dilla. name one song. Yeah, like, Jay, I love Jay Dilla. He's the best. Jay Dilla changed my life. <laughs> but you know, whatever. I guess spread the love. Yeah, I mean that guy. He definitely had some soul. He changed a lot of hip hop for oh, a long yeah. time. Yeah, definitely a big influence for sure. So what's new with you? What do you, what do you have going on these days? Right now I'm working on solo stuff. Right now we're uh, under a, a cease and desist for recess. The name. No way. Yeah, dealing with that right now, which is really insane. I have to have a new name by tomorrow morning. So what does that mean for all of the music you've already published on Spotify and everywhere else? It stays. I mean, Apple Music has made it extremely difficult to change your name. Uh, Spotify, you just change the metadata. You can just change it to a new name and it's fine. Oh, okay. But um, Interesting. It's pretty wild, yeah. it's uh, So it's platform dependent then. Yeah. What about like YouTube? Mm, that's a good point because you know YouTube is kind of anybody can upload anything so some of that will stay out there for however long yeah oh yeah also like distribution companies it, they push out like you know DistroKid or CD Baby I think does just YouTube posting that's a good point YouTube music uh, YouTube's like the number one streaming music platform in the world uh, I mean in terms of listeners yeah that makes sense that's crazy man so yeah I just figured I'd drop the T on you early on because <laughs> I'm not going to prime you at all for this <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So are you thinking of any other names? or you We're in the middle of it right now. Uh, last night we worked on it all night. I slept two hours. Yeah, I woke up at like, I went to bed at two thinking of this stuff and woke up back up at four, stayed up just ruminating on it. Man. I had it. it was, the deadline was this morning. And yeah, I know this will probably air post. We'll have a name yeah. and rebrand by uh, then. You could drop it now because nobody's going to know for we like don't, another. I don't know exactly yet. Okay. So we got to a couple different points. Um Basically, what's happening is we have a tour that I can't really say what it is. We have a tour. They're going to help us kind of like piggyback off that with the rebrand. Okay. So, yeah, I've got until tomorrow morning. <laughs> well, so, good luck, man. I wish you the best. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's pretty insane. Um, also, thinking of a band name is absurd. Yeah. It's very hard in 2024. There's a lot on Google already. It's just, I mean, yeah. And if you're especially under a trademark, litig well, not a litigation, but a trademark infringement, you know, you start to look at that more seriously and make sure that you're safe. 
Yeah. So anything you think of, you know, I've got a lot of friends sending me names and stuff, but it's always like, and it's like, no, there's 30 bands out there named that or just any, any combination of words. So you kind of have to make up, you have to be very creative now. So why did you choose recess in the first place? Recess. Um, I had a song that I made a long time ago that was organ and guitar. And I thought they were kind of playing off each other in the track. just kind of like call and response. And I was like, Oh, it's kind of like, it's kind of like recess. Kind of like the, the banter. It was like playful. It was funky. It was fun. And the, so the song I just named Recess. And then, yeah, just trying to come up with a name. I think, you know, you're just looking around, you see that, and you go, Recess, cool. It's, it, you know, it's punchy, it's impactful, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hate to lose it, but also I've kind of learned it's it's kept us a little bit in a bubble. Um, You know, because Recess is kind of inherently fun. and You just... Playground, <laughs> playground, yeah. Well, that's a, yeah, and that's the thing. Again, is the, those are the those are the um, suggestions. But like you know, you get on Spotify, there's probably thirty playgrounds. That's true. So I just asked ChatGPT, what's a good electro funk duo I've name that it. is good for SEO and unique for other artists from from other artists' names? Okay, I like that. See, I tried. I, I didn't say that. But I did use chat. It'll come up with groovy galaxy groovers. Electric groove fusion air. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's it. I've 100% used um, ChatGBT quite a bit for this. And I found out that it was, you know, it was, it was spitting out stuff, but none of it was like unique and hitting. It was all, you know, we were trying to incorporate a little spacey, spacey kind of theme or mm. just anything like that. And it would just come up and be like the galaxy groovers. And I'm like, man, we can't. <laughs> It's hard, man. But I mean, it's, it worked for, you know, spitting out some just words to use in general, but mm. it wasn't giving me anything that was good. And I also did that unique name, one word. Yeah. That's but, tough, man. Yeah. It's okay. We're kind of forcefully viewing it as like new light and it'll be, you know, I mean, it's tough. I get it. Like in this world, rebranding your whole project. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah, I know that. Um, you know, Kill Paris. Yo, Corey we, Baker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He so he switched names. Yeah. His project name at some point. I was just talking about that with somebody. So now, he, whenever he's uploading like a new Spotify track, he basically releases it as his new name and Kill Paris, his, his previous project. So he does. Yeah, he, that makes sense. So in that way, you kind of get the best of both. But in your case, it's different because you have to change it. Yeah, yeah, I gotta yeah. get rid of it. Um, we're also we're running into problems too with. Recess just being pretty ubiquitous in general. I've gotten other people's advances. I've gotten other recesses, you know, yeah. emails and stuff like that. But also the big one that bothered me the most that made me really like not want to like push this into a lawsuit or something and try to keep the name is that somebody bought tickets to a recess in New York and they were all stoked to see us and it wasn't us. Oh, man. So there's a few, there's a quite a bit of recess out there. So it's a letdown. Yeah, he spent like 60 bucks on tickets or something. And I'm like, man if I wouldn't have known that and got him hip to it, then he would have gone to the show and just been like, Oh, I'm at the wrong, like, so just confused. a big waste of time as a New York, you know, yeah. like $50 to get over there. <laughs> I don't know. We're viewing it as like better for like isolation. Like, yeah. It'll be good in the end. But yeah, yeah, that's what I'm in right in the throes of that right now. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Yeah. Thanks. And man. I'm sure whatever you come up with or chat GVD comes up with, <laughs> yeah, it'll exactly. be great. So you are the producer and guitarist for unsaid name. Yes, and you can so we can call it recess. Let's, we'll just call recess. it recess. We'll this. call it for recess for <laughs> yeah. now to yeah. be determined with a new podcast episode title, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever that is. Yeah, Ian uh, Gilly plays yep. keys with you. Yeah, awesome. How'd you guys meet? Uh, like elementary school. Oh, so you go way back. Recess, not you met at recess. No, I mean close enough. Yeah, we grew up together. 
we went to the same elementary school and um, we kind of knew of each other. And then as, as time went on, I think we re-met back up in, in like high school where he was producing, he was FL studio in it and I was making beats too. And we were both just kind of like, we saw that each other were making beats in our small town, you know, in Arkansas. And we were like, we should work together. How, how big is the electronic scene in Arkansas? Mm, it's okay. You know, I've got a lot of great friends that make music down there. I mean, there's definitely room for it, for sure. Where I'm from, essentially, like, northwest Arkansas area, a little south of there. Um, It's a little more pop in there, as far as that, you know, college town area. I don't know about the rest of Arkansas. I don't know about the Little Rocks and anything east. Yeah, it's got a nice little local scene. Um, So you met Ian, you guys kind of came together, collabed. Since the good old days. Yeah. At what point did you discover Ableton Live? When did you get into it? Ableton, well, I started off on FL2. Well, I started off on Cakewalk initially. Oh, shout out Cakewalk. What? So, yeah, I definitely, I dabbled with Cakewalk back oh, in like, was like early high school. Was early like, high school was Cakewalk for me. And I was into like prog metal and I was writing just these insane like prog, like all this, you know, instrumentation and stuff within the project. So it's kind of, it's kind of, that's what got me into just interfaces in general. But yeah, I started off on that and was writing wild prog songs. And then as I got older, I was uh, I just had the FL demo. And we would all like go to my house. It was by the college and we would all party and stuff. And I would sample something, throw an acapella over something. You know, we would just have that night where that was the beat. We would all get in the room and be like, <laughs> and then, you know, that next morning it was gone. So yeah, that was, uh, that was uh, a fun little, ex- you know, an experiment in general. Yeah. I was just, we were just making beats and hanging out. I bought these gigantic, from a yard sale, those gigantic old school speakers that are like this big and they're from the 70s or nice. whatever, but they bump. Or the 80s or 90s, I don't know. Yeah. We plug those in and I just sit there and make beats on the laptop. And, you know, we all kind of like had fun because we knew that it was fleeting. It was, uh, yeah. it would be deleted at some point. Or I'd wake up the next day and just have to, you know, you'd look at it for a few days and be like, I really like this. So you'd have to start over, you know? Yeah. No, that's cool. I, there's something freeing about that. I like it. Yeah. You, there's no pressure at all. Yeah. yeah. It was also really special too, because we would make it in a night and we'd all just sit in the room and just you know, have this moment with it, knowing that it would probably never be released and never yeah. make it past a certain threshold. But yeah, eventually stepped out of that. And I, I don't even think I went into the paid version at all. I went straight to Ableton. I bought a suite, put the bucks down for that guy. Yeah. Which came with all the instruments and stuff, which I probably never really used. What version was that? 8.1. Okay. That's when I got into live Eight, too. Eight yeah. one, I think, is that what it was? Uh, bought that and then, you know, started learning that uh, interface in general. Just, you know, kind of recording and just having fun with it and just, I don't know. Yeah. I opened a eight session, I don't know, about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And it was like completely foreign to me. So weird. Oh, really? Like going back in time, I had to like relearn how to use it. Really? It was, yeah. I, I'd be interested to see what that looks like for me. I'm so, I was really stuck on um, nines and t- like 10. 10 was my sweet spot. I yeah. don't know why. Maybe it's just because of what I worked in the most. Yeah. But I started to get really, a lot of, nobody else had this issue, but I started to get a little weird with 11 and, and up. There was a couple things like bothered me about it, like with really? my workflow, like the bringing up the the velocity with A and like turning off the key. Like I don't know, I would just drag stuff around on it, like shortcut stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I would just be in this project. I'm scrolling through it, but the automation lanes are up, and I would just as I'm scrolling through it, I'm hitting an automation lane, and it's going whoop, all the way to the top. Yeah. And now I just have these compressors that are just super loud, and I'm like, yeah. But um, it's probably just habit. 
you know, you get used to something. Yeah. That's one thing that's kind of like bothered me a little bit about 12, to be honest, is like there's, they changed a fair amount of shortcuts. Oh, really? That's why I'm scared to get into 12. There's a lot that are still the same. Like, don't get me wrong. But like, there's some key ones that like bother me. So like, if you hit command option R on a Mac, like that would oh, yeah. like hide your return tracks. Right. And that doesn't do it anymore. Oh, okay. And like, yeah, so <laughs> you have, you have to, to manually go into the menu and like hide it in your yeah. view. That's, yeah, I but think that's like, yeah. You can relearn that real fast if you have to. You can. To, yeah, I just recently bought a new, uh, like a Windows keyboard. And I don't know why, I just wanted like the little tiny Mac keyboard I had forever. I mean, obviously I guess it's not like a Win. Yeah, it's a Windows keyboard. Uh, but it has, you know, it's lit up. It's nice. It's chunky. It's got nice key sound yeah, on it. And I was really click to yeah, it. Yeah, nice click to it. I was like kind of stoked. I'm always trying to change the studio up at, at some capacity because of my brain just like wants to see new things. Yeah, you get bored easy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the uh, command anything, it's now it's back here. It's the Windows button as opposed to the command key, which is here. So on a, yeah, I, I sat with that for a couple of days, and eventually. You know, after like two days, yeah. I'm, I'm getting a little like, finger workout. Yeah, you just your your brain adjusts pretty quickly. Ableton's been kind of tough for that, but you know they got to keep it keep it moving, changing stuff up. We all get used to it. And yeah, man. Well, you've been um, been crushing it lately. It seems like well, you know, you've played Red Rocks with some Squabby, which is no small venue. That's a good played one. with like the Flamingosis live band, which yeah. he also crushes. Oh yeah. Played Meow Wolf last year, I think. That's yeah, a it was, really cool venue, man. It's a great venue, yeah. That was my first like kind of true solo show. Yeah. I mean I've played played out, but that one was like a it was me uh Daich and Late Night Radio. Oh sick. Yeah, he's actually on Late Night Radio. Shout out to Alex. He's the one that yeah. told me about you and encouraged me to have you on the podcast. Yeah, he's a sweetie. He told me to tell you hi. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I just talked to him on the way over here, but yeah, Alex yeah, is super cool. He's yeah. the man. He's been doing it a long time. Yeah, he's crushing right now too. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, um, Meowulf was cool because like they have projectors on all the walls, so it's like a surrounded environment of projector. Yeah, I like it. I um I like it more from the stage than I do as a as a patron or watching shows really? there. You know, I don't. And it's 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 such a cool spot, but it's just got that kind of like mall double door bright room in the mall feel oh, like it does yeah you're right because the entrance to the room is like very bright it just, yeah, yeah and it's just like kind of a but but i mean uh cool space when you get that thing packed out and the projectors going and it, it can be very vibey i've been like kind of like playing with the idea of how cool it would be to have a silent disco inside oh inside the actual art space it's a oh, massive art space. You should edit that out because that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll just hit the beat button. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a great idea. I feel like you just say that and somebody's like, oh, I'm doing Let's that. Let's fucking do it, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> hit me up. Yeah. That's a great idea. That would be fun because, I mean, there's so much to do in there. Like, you just, I've been there like three or four times now really? and I still haven't seen everything. I went there once and, you know, maybe I've done it twice. Maybe I did the show day a little bit. I went there once more immersively um but yeah i know they do um they do like kind of festivals within the kind of again immersively in the exhibit which is cool oh they do yeah so they yeah that's cool yeah they have the room and i think they'll do um somebody in the room but they'll also like kind of do djs and stuff within the exhibit so they're like up on things and yeah as you walk through it there's different artists in different areas of that yeah which is pretty cool Meow Wolf crushes as a as a collective, yeah. I heard the Vegas one is like one of the best. Yeah, I haven't been to that one. I've been to Santa Fe, which I really enjoyed, and maybe that's why I have that. Um, you know, the difference in that one and and the one here is because that that one is so immersive. You can like pop out of a thing and you're watching the show. Yeah, I thought that was so cool. That's the only thing I thought was a little different about the one here. 
But yeah, still really great, great space. It's like a supermarket, isn't it? The one in Vegas, yeah. It's yeah. it's super, uh, I forget what it's called. It's like called. a supermarket art space. Yeah, it's kind of like, it kind of seems like it falls on that ironic supermarket thing. It has yeah. like goofy labels on stuff. I've seen pictures of it. It looks cool, but I haven't, yeah, I haven't been there yet. This episode is sponsored by Baby Audio. They create all kinds of cool instruments and effects plugins. They have a new release called Atoms, which is out now. Atoms is a new kind of synth plugin that uses cutting-edge physical modeling to generate an endless variety of organic and otherworldly sounds. It's a really cool synth. They also make some other really dope plugins. Highly recommend checking them out. Just go to babyaud.io to learn more. And save 15% off any order that you make with the discount code AMP15. That's AMP15, all capital letters. Also, check out a link in the show notes of this episode for more details. Go check out Baby Audio. They make cool stuff. So talking about Ableton Live and music production stuff, what would you say is like one of your better skills? Like if somebody had to come to you and be like, what are what are you really good at when it comes to music production or anything Ableton Live related? What would I think, you say? I think um, I'm very much a, an ears person on production stuff. I just use my ears a lot. And I know that there's a lot of mathematical ways you can make music and EQ things. Talk about linear Redu- phase. Yeah, and linear phase. And, you know, that's stuff that I probably should dive more into. It's not necessarily... It's probably why I have a couple, you know, I'll have a couple tunes where I'm like, why can't I get this, like, <laughs> why can't I get this right? And I know it's about phasing. But, yeah, I, I'm... Maybe that's a cop-out. I'm very ear-oriented for, for the vibes, I guess, you know. Did you learn sure. by ear, like, playing guitar and stuff growing up or on any instruments? Like? Um, yeah, I mean... Ish. I did have a teacher and stuff, but it was more, yeah, my pops was real big into like Earth, Wind & Fire, Steely Dan. So I was a very nice. young, impressionable brain at the time. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. Shout out, Dad. But yeah, I was kind of like, I was picking up on stuff like that. I was a big Beatles head. I had an acoustic around because my dad used to play guitar in a band. Um, Runs in the family. Yeah, a little bit, for sure. Just listening, listening a lot. That and also I think... Um, with Ableton, just like getting the grooves right, I think is pretty important. Getting those grooves like really, really tight and using your ear and your body to like feel it really click. Yeah. I think is kind of important for me. Do you use Groove Pool ever? No, I don't. I'm yeah. a by hands yeah. all thing. I'll probably take the long way on everything, but yeah. I'm very much a lock into a thing. Yeah. So maybe that's something too. Um, I used wait, to use the Groove Pool. And now. Yeah, I, I've probably experimented with it, just jamming yeah. and stuff, throwing different samples in it, but. Most of the time, uh, the creative space is always just kind of like, it's kind of got a little ADHD to it. It's like, th- let's throw drums in. Let's get a loop going. Let's, you know, start feeling out different vibes and changing yeah. the tempo and changing the swing. and Totally, man. You know. Yeah. Um, so. 12 is really cool for that whole groove swing thing. Oh, yeah. Um, Do me, show. The new MIDI clip right here. If you're looking on Spotify or YouTube, you can see. But like, there's all these new things that they've added in here you got the generative tools Mm -hmm. where you can just like you can just literally create new notes out of nothing by turning knobs oh wow so then you can creative space you can even go in here and you can start humanizing stuff so you can see i'm stretching the notes zero to 100 okay off the grid so it's a kind of a cool way to like oh sorry you can't see i mean i can see it up there there we go. So I was I, gonna ask. I didn't want to be. Oh gosh, it was getting better. It's getting better every time. There we go. I was binocular in it. Now you can actually see what we're talking about. So yeah, uh, yeah. So you can like really change the humanization of those notes by sliding them right here. Okay, cool. I'm glad cool. that they've brought that into the 
world. Yeah. So this tab is all generative stuff. So you can just create like steps or like stuff out of nothing. There's also, that's rhythm, but you can go to like stacks to create chords. So then you can change the root, say like, Oh, cool. Oh, we just got like a B. You can add inversions oh, nice. of the notes, duration of how long those notes are playing out. Nice. Yeah. They're definitely making it more accessible too for, cause I think a lot of people are just, you know, there's a lot of bedroom producers out there in the world that need the, you can definitely throw away a lot of music theory and just play around in here. Yeah. And I think even if you are, you know, super knowledgeable too, it's still a tool that makes it, you know, a different way about going about making a song. Happy All of accidents. a sudden you start, that's, I feel like happy accidents are just like the biggest thing. I feel like a lot of times in my tunes, I'll hear something that's like not there. It's just something that like happens with a, you know, piano will clash with a thing. And all of a sudden I'll hear this like little note or something. Yeah. And then I'll add it. I'll make it in the track. And I feel like that happens more than anything. And that's like the yeah. best part. You're like, oh, wow. Me I, too, man. Happy accidents are literally the, it's how everything happens. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like, I feel like for whatever reason, a lot of my favorite tracks I've written happen in the least amount of time because, oh, that's true because of that. Because yeah. like stuff just comes out of nowhere, like clashes and then just, oh, there's my new hook. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah, you're just like dragging stuff around and then you accidentally move it too far to the yeah. left and you're like, oh, that chord. Into yeah. yeah. I met uh, the guy that <laughs> produced like a G6, you know, that song. Oh like, yeah. yeah. Uh, back in the day. Who, who was that? Uh, who was the, the van? Um, like I met him once. Far East Movement. Who's the guy that produced it? Anyway, he, the the lead sound, the bum, 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 oh, yeah. bum, bum. That was an accident. He, that's, that's what he dragged the wrong patch onto the Perfect. wrong MIDI track and basically just created that sound. Yeah. And that was the main hook. And he probably made a decent amount of money off that probably song. Probably still making money on that. Probably I'm trying still to, making money. I feel yeah. like I was just looking at uh, uh, who it was that produced that. But yeah, I feel like that's, man, a big chunk. You know, I'd even give it like 50 or 60% of the time, just an accident. Like yeah. rolling through something going, whoops. And then being like, oh, that gives it kind of a, it gives it a quality that was not thought about, which I think is cool. Yeah. It's what makes it special. So you're not literally sitting there trying to do something. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, I don't know. Like I've heard Quincy Jones and other people talk about like the muse that like flows yeah. through you sometimes. Oh, it's yeah. almost like you feel like you're not even creating it. It's just like, it's coming through you yeah, somehow. Those are the greatest moments. Right? Yeah. Just getting out of your own way and just. If you can, yeah, those, those moments are kind of few and far between, but when you, all of a sudden you realize you're kind of like. It's almost like a meditation thing. Your workflow yeah. turns subconsciously. You're just doing. Yeah. Those, it's not, it's definitely not every time, but right. it is when it happens, I just clear the calendar. Like, I just need to go all night at that point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a special realm. That's the thing, too, is like I've tried to tell like students I've done lessons for, anybody <clears throat> that I've taught is like, just you just got to learn the technical know-how of the interface and stuff because after that then that's when that magic really happens totally. you just, once you just know how to do the basic stuff then you can just get out of your own way and just get really creative and let it flow yeah i mean it's an insane just creating music in general is just i don't know it can be as difficult as you want it to be or it can be as just simple and free-flowing yeah i guess yeah a lot of times the more you think about it the more it's not it's becoming a computer you know well, I think that's why I love your music too, is like, you could make it complicated if you want to, but a lot of it is just like a really catchy riff. It's just like, you do, I feel like you have a good balance of keeping stuff simple, but also being in the details of like, like that drum is grooving, a little off grid, right. swinging, everything's tight, 
but it's still kind of like free flowing. You've got like a good melody. You've got the good yeah. percussion supporting instruments. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You do a good job of that. In previous records, you know, before this last one, there was a little thing where it was like the production value. I was getting better at producing, but I still wasn't at a certain level. So sometimes I would just throw a bunch of instruments and a bunch of samples in it to kind of mask certain things. So I was always, I was having a little bit of trouble with low end in maybe not like trouble in a way that it was like bad or anything, but just like having, having a little trouble there. And like, I think a lot of times I would, I would throw in quite a bit of instruments on top and samples and stack things to where it was almost just like this big wall of, yeah. but I think with this last record, I tried to get rid of that. You know, and just like sometimes just drums, guitar, rhythm, groove, bass. Not get so stuck on like trying to cover stuff up. Because then you start getting into mastering that stuff and you have all these things sticking out at different. Yeah, it's like unclogging a toilet of sound. Gets wild. You have some of these, you know, pads or something that just stick out and they're just just super loud. So, yeah, I've tried to dial that back down a little bit, like in this last record. Electric Playground, the one before this one, was quite... I mean, yeah, there's definitely moments where it's chill, but there's quite full moments, too. Yeah. With a lot of stuff going on. But you just learn and keep moving and do stuff. What would you say, like, is one of the biggest things you've learned as far as a music production standpoint, maybe in this last year recently? In this last year? it's a good question. Um, or even before. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I've I've always had the thing where I've been cutting out a lot of mid lows and mids out of my stuff yeah and i think i'm starting to embrace more those in the track to give them body because sometimes i'll listen to other people's stuff where it sounds great to me but i'll go through and i'm like i realize that i cut so much out so much body out you know guitars are inherently in that in that realm and keys and stuff yeah so trying to keep the the mids in it to give it that body you know to give it that that roundness to it um also probably just I just got a sub recently, so sub levels. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. I, I needed that. That's good. I, I should have had it before I got I got it after I finished the last record. Yeah. So I've never enjoyed mixing with the sub. I like to have it on in its you know, I need to get the on off switch too. There's a little pedal you can or a you know, foot switch, which I yeah. like. But I like mixing with it low enough to like give it a little body and feel. But without <clears throat> excuse me, without it. I feel like I was going over to a house to master it and work on it with a sub. And I was like, oh gosh, like, you know, I need to tone out or like, you know, cut out some of those frequencies there or like lower them or make them. Yeah. Yeah. So trying to get better at separating that, I would say a big one too is keeping the, keeping a lot of my drums less processed. They're already processed. I feel like, you know, enough, a lot of these packs and stuff, they're already got a nice bit of color on them, but Instead of just squashing them and stacking them so much that they kind of lose their their qualities, um, and just leaving them smacking where they are, you know, just a little compression or yeah, maybe even none, you know, yeah, like keep them dynamic. So stuff like that, more just um, mature, like trying to be more mature in the the thought process of like not trying to overdo something. It's like just let it sound good and you know. Yeah, I used to definitely overcompress my subs back in the day oh, yeah. like i you just can... dig in too squished and they just sound thin that's why i love using like pro mb just for the multi-band like that's oh, yeah. probably my favorite multi-band plug nice. yeah you can just really dial in like below that 200 hertz and just keep it tight yeah. i'm uh i'm kind of brand new to a few vsts too i've, I've always been a stock ableton guy Dude, that's wonderful it that's is a... good but now that i have the tools you know i'm like yeah i've always i've had a few here and there but i just got the pro cues i just got the pro l I just got Soothe has been 
crazy. It's insane, right? See, this has been like what are you, is wild. I'm like, what, what have I been doing? Yeah, it, <laughs> it feels like cheating. It's so nice. Yeah, yeah. they sponsored the podcast, and um, like I don't know, like a, two, a year and a half ago. Yeah. But yeah, I've been addicted. I've been addicted to it ever since. It's like it's such a great plug, and I used it because I did the uh, multi-tracking for the Flamingosa show. I took on that because I, um, I just told him, hey, like I'm always looking to kind of branch out and try stuff. And I was like, and I've done some multi-tracking, but not for like a big band project like that, and also an hour show, hour and a half show. Yeah, it's a long show. How many <laughs> instruments were it live instruments? Would you uh, three horns, ox, perk, drums, guitar, bass, uh, keys. Aaron Flamingos has played a little bit of sax and he had his uh, keyboard up there playing some samples and some uh, like bells and lead tones and stuff. So it was a lot. All vocal mics, rapping. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of stems. Singing. Uh, you know, all the boys had some some harmonies in there. So yeah, it was a lot. It's a lot. There's a lot of inputs up there. Yeah, like, for an hour and a half. Hour and a half. <laughs> Soothe. Soothe is that's when I bought Soothe. Yeah, it was a good time to buy <laughs> Soothe, dude. But I actually yeah. feel like I did a pretty good job. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Is that at Ogden? It was at uh, Cervantes. Or Cervantes. Okay. Yeah, masterpiece. It was yeah. a good one. I was gonna go to that. I, just, I forget something came up. I couldn't go. Yeah, it was a great one. So what did you do specifically with the multi-tracks? Did he just ask you to mix them down for him? So Yeah, it was kind of, they just or... wanted to do maybe some releases with a few tracks or match it up with video, et cetera. And they, there was a guy that was supposed to do it. I offered to do it just to see if, and they were like, no, we've already got somebody. And I was like, okay, that's no big deal. Okay. And then he got COVID really, really bad. It was some oh, guy in New damn. Orleans who was supposed to mix it down and master it. Um, I'm a very attention to detail, especially if it's, if I'm in the band, I want everybody to sound smacking. So yeah. I went in and manually, like, you know, all the little notes, all the little talking that you can hear, all the little, like, you know, flubs per se, or if I could just hear, like, oh, they just actually hit this little, I would fix it. I corrected the entire thing. (laughs) So, I'm sorry, I thought you were talking about, like, you mixing, like, pre-mixing for the show. Oh, no, I was talking about post-show. To release. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I I might have said that wrong. Yeah, no, no, that's probably me. Yeah, the coolest thing I found there was I was listening to it and then I compared it to, you know, I got it to a certain level I really liked and then I compared it to um, like a lettuce mix live or something. Yeah. Because what I've also been very bad at is referencing tracks. and That's like number one. Yeah. I don't, I just, I don't know. I should be referencing tracks to listen to like how they sound. So I was like, all right, let's, you know, reference it to this like lettuce live track. And I noticed the kick was really, really thumping. Yeah. Deep, deep. And, uh, you know, the kick we had for that uh, recording was basically just the top. Yeah. And I once I heard the difference, I was like, oh, now. So I used the operator return uh, technique, which I don't even remember exactly how I got to that point. But throwing operator on a return track and somehow, I, I honestly don't remember now. I'd have to look at it. Interesting. And then running it into that. So every time that, every time that um, uh, top hits, it gives really nice sub. So you can't actually add operator as a return track because it's not an in- maybe not operator because that's only for audio effects no you're right you're right uh or plugins uh, not operator um was it was it a vst or no no, no it's, it's in-house ableton yeah was it drum bus 
Because if yeah. you because you you could do the maybe, same thing with the drum bus. Maybe that's okay. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Because if you grab a drum bus and if you throw it on a return track, then you could. Oh, that may be an easier way to do it. The way I can't remember the way you I basically did it. just go to the boom, just turn up the boom knob, and you dial in the decay for your sustain. For okay, it. well then, yeah, you know about more than me. And you could shove that in. You could take any top end of any sound or kick drum or anything, and cool. add a add a sub under it. Is that is is that uh, been around? Yeah, drum bus. I think that came out in eleven. Okay, or it might have even been a ten. It may it have been. 11. It may have been drum bus. Um, I can't remember, but that was kind of an eye-opening thing for me yeah drum bus is, is sick man for making just like dirty fat if your kick is real thin you can add a nice little boom bump to okay, it okay i and love then, that and then you dial in the frequency too so here nice at the, yeah at you the can bottom you can you can get oh, wow. the, the fundamental frequency okay well you nailed it so if it's like an e then your kick's gonna be tuned in that low end to the e oh that's great yeah i'm i'm also kind of sometimes i'll pull back the transient actually because that'll tighten it nice yeah, well, drum bus is sick, dude. That's I, amazing. You yeah. throw this on anything. <clears throat> and also like that it's a return track, so you can give it a dry wet quality. Totally. Yeah, it has a dry wet too on the on the actual drum bus. So you could just throw on an insert and dry wet it if you wanted. Well now I'm trying to figure out <clears throat> what I used. But either way, it's probably just a uh, You could make a sick kick with operator though. Like, yeah, I think that's what I was confusing it with because yeah. I used to do that. I used to layer my that's what I was kind of thinking. I used to layer my kicks with an operator yeah. kick because that would give you that, you know. Yeah. It gives sub qualities, which Definitely. is nice. Yeah, man. There's always like five ways to do anything in live, right? There really is, yeah. I mean, 100%. it's a great tool. What's the color coding on? Oh, that's just a track color coding, I see. I've never yeah. seen the bottom there. Oh yeah, yeah. So they, I'm like, we're looking at twelve right now. If anybody's yeah, yeah, listening, but uh, like, yeah, they they changed up a fair amount of the views. Like this is this is where all your like views are now on the bottom right. Oh man, okay. I do like the stacked detail view though. Like now you can actually see your mixer controls in arrangement view as well. Right, you can do arrangement. Which is kind of nice if you have a monitor that's tall enough. Otherwise, you lose like all of your screen real estate doing that. Right. Yeah, I just got a. Well, I guess you'd have to have it stacked. I just got a a second monitor, which has been really nice to throw my. I like throwing all my VSTs and like metering and stuff on the left one. Yeah. I mean, that's still still new to me. Like, I just got that, and I was like, oh, this take you know. Talk about screen real estate. It's great. This is 2024. You need two monitors or really do. or a wide screen. <clears throat> yeah, I I think I've been. You know, it's not a, a little, I guess, a little stubborn on stuff. I just get in there and I'm like, I just want to make music, you know. And then, you know, lately I've been trying to get more into like, no, do it right, you know. Yeah. I don't know, man. There's always like a hundred ways to do anything. You're right. I feel it's, like all, it's all kind of just on feel. There's no rules. It is nice to be able to understand the tools enough to. Yes. I think that's big. I'm still learning the tools. Like Roar. I've talked about this on the podcast probably like a hundred times because I'm obsessed. But like Roar is probably my new favorite thing ever. This thing is just ridiculous. I mean, you just throw like a simple like sub note or something on it. Okay. So here's just like a basic. Mm -hmm. You can go to the routing and change it to multiband like this. And so in multiband mode, now these are split mid, low, and high. So you've oh, got nice. three so you bands. Can, yeah. <clears throat> and then you can also, each has a filter, it has like a bias, and then it has like different shaper types. They oh, added a great. bunch of new shaper types for like distorting the waveform in 12. Oh, so it's, that, yeah. That never existed before. Gotcha. So, so you it's do kinda... like a tube preamp. 
Wow. Okay. That's just the low. If I do it to the high end, yeah, kinda... right. Well, that's I, that's what I do for all my. I do the uh, old the old school just triple multi band technique there, yeah. where you just mute them and have each individual quality, and I'll throw like you know. So they put that in house now. It's like easier to. That's cool. Yeah. Good thing... for them. Yeah, you can do some really weird stuff in here. Okay, I love that. It has a built-in compressor, too. And then a feedback mode is, is really crazy. Is this just crazy. on 12? Yeah. Yes, yeah, okay. just a 12 I've thing. never seen that before. You can do crazy stuff with the feedback mode. Okay. Sick, so it's got some analog, or like some delay properties there, I guess. Yeah. You can, um, so actually, turn off sync. Let's do time. <clears throat> you can get some, yeah. You can do some really crazy. You just hit record on that and just have yeah, that heyday and that. resample that. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. Yeah, I, I basically do that kind of similar technique on on all my bases there. Yeah. Well, I started layering everything with sub like subs in general, which has kind of been a weird one. I don't know if I would ever do that again. <laughs> but I'm like layer every on that the last record every single like you know electric bass Moog. Okay. I would I would layer it with sub bass. Which I don't think I would ever do that again. Really? Yeah, because you wait on top of an existing bass. Like, well, I would just take. Yeah, I would just take. I would cut out the frequencies on the electric bass. Okay. I would, you know, because the you know, electric bass and stuff don't get into that sub super deep sub level. It makes sense though if you need some like more tone from like the bottom end of it, and yeah, then you're just I layered that out. everything because I thought yeah. there was a cohesion thing going on where I'm like, if I'm gonna have a sub in the tune, I need to have it in every single. If I'm gonna have that. Same sub. It was kind of goofy, but uh, it just takes a long time, and it's kind of silly to do. Yeah. A lot of my mixes sound better when that bass is hitting in that. Even if it's just hitting in that 50 range, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, not everything needs to be just super deep. Um, if it sounds good, it sounds good, right? Yeah, that's the thing. I guess as far as, like, your live setup, I'd be curious, because you do have an interesting live setup. Are You're using Ableton, right? Yeah. Okay. Ableton for live setup. Um, when I do previously the recess like live band, I've launched clips, like just have different different clips up, different parts of the song, and we can just kind of vibe on stuff. But when we do the uh, the straight up just duo, I'll do everything in, in session view. I'll write it out. Arrangement view. Arrangement view, sorry. So you perform an arrangement? Yeah. Okay. For the most part. Do you have it mostly spelled out like your the whole set list or do you jump a lot around of, ever? Or? We'll jump around a little bit if it if it needs, I don't know. I honestly found a lot of fun in the, and I know it's like kind of a, it's not controversial at all, but some people are like, you're not doing anything. But like I, we're both generally playing the entire time. Right. Yeah. So it's nice to not, I would like to get to a point where we're doing clip launching. But what I do have fun, like just creatively, I love making transitions. I love doing musical stuff. <clears throat> yeah. And like getting to a certain tempo or to a thing with a kind of a vibey feel to make it more, you know, like a show, like a really solid. But in that, um, in that realm, you know, there's no room for, you know, the show is the show. There's no room for changing the vibes if, you know, something... You don't take song requests. <laughs> yeah, there's no song requests, which I know a lot of people do that because obviously people match it up with video a lot. I know a lot of people have the, like DJ sets, big DJ sets that are yeah. just mapped out already because yeah. they, they sync up with the video. But I would like to, that was my plan this year, is to kind of get more into clip launchy land. So it's a little bit more live and I feel like I have a little bit more control. You could still do a lot in arrangement view, though. You that's, can. That's like totally. a common misconception that even I believed for a long time. Sorry, you're that. No, you're good. 
there's Max for Live and CliffX where you can still basically do everything in arrangement view you want to do in session view. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of how you want to go about doing it. You well, know, there's yeah, like yeah, the arrangement looper by Toby Hunka, AbletonDrummer.com. Like he makes a Thank pretty. You. I love that because that's, yeah. you, you know what I use? Is, is the that bar. <laughs> if I ever need to loop. <laughs> do like a command L thing yeah. on the fly. Yeah, I've done that on the good fly. Good for you, man. No, not good for me. That's what I'm saying. I've, I've been stubborn about being like, I should get so. What's it called? It makes me nervous. Actually, it no. makes you nervous. Yeah, I'm if alive. you're just off of a thirty like, second oops. note, it's still... yeah. Your grid is actually in triplet mode. Like, what is it called? Uh, arrangement Looper. <clears throat> AbletonDrummer.com. Okay. Ableton Drummer Arrangement Looper. Yeah, Toby's the homie. He's been on the podcast like three times, I think. I but, love that. And there's that. a version two now. Apparently, I make stuff hard on myself sometimes. Yeah, dude, check this out. I played with this, but he's got all these different banks basically for like different cue points or right. whatever that you'd want to have like okay. in your project. And you can just like MIDI oh, map. Oh, auto loops. Oh, okay. So yeah. You nice. can MIDI map a, a lot of different stuff to make the looper jump, or you could just rename. Um, that's probably the easiest way. It's just, you just rename the different locators. Yeah. And then um, you just tell it where you want to loop and where not to. So if you just want to vamp for like 16 bars or whatever. Yeah, you can just, uh, that's a super easy interface too. MIDI map it to a controller or your foot pedal. And then you could just turn awesome. it on and off when you want to keep going. Okay. Love that. Yeah. That would make, well, yeah. I've done that at shows multiple times where I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. This dragging is, it over. It's pretty I've, I've never, I've never messed it up once. I've done it multiple that's, times. Dude, that's <laughs> awesome. This will make it even easier. Also, check out Taz Pro by Oaktone. That's a real legit one for arrangement view. It's also really cool. The performance pack actually has something very similar in 12. But to be honest with you, I wouldn't perform in 12 probably for a long time. Really? I mean, it's just like it's a new software. I'm sure totally. I'm sure it could be fine. Uh, yeah. I don't want to like, you know, say it's not going to work. But, but uh, you know, it's any, any brand new release... There's going to be bugs. Oh, totally. Know? I so. remember, yeah, Borum was at New Conscious and he was, he was about to go on and he was like, oh man, I'm just typing in this license for 12 right now. I don't know why he wasn't <laughs> playing in his, I, I can't remember, but I was looking at that and I was like, I was like, it's you're about ballsy. to play in yeah, 12 beta yeah. for a live show. And it went off without a hitch, but I was like, that's living on the edge, Borum. That's, that's absurd. I respect uh, the hustle. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um, when does uh, 12 come out? So they haven't officially announced it. Okay. Uh, traditionally, usually they re-release in February. Oh, okay. So, so I maybe. don't, I genuinely have, I have no idea. But if I had to guess, it's maybe at the end of this month, I don't know. We'll find out. They What's, don't actually tell anybody. Right. What's the, um, what do you, what would you say is the issues for, is it just like buggy with all the new? Uh, the beta's gotten Way better from the first okay. time I played with it until where it's at now. Definitely more stable now, um, but just like any software. Yeah, so, you're starting to inter introduce a lot of new things, too. So. There's a lot of new stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, that's why I've kind of been bad about updating operating systems, up updating like Ableton in general. It's because, you know. With the limited time that I have played with like recording and <laughs> playing with latency in 12, mm -hmm. uh, the latency is actually pretty good. Okay. 12 and that was a performance update that they made nice so they have this thing called keep latency now so if you're recording audio like you're tracking your guitar but you've got like a heavier project where normally there would be like what like 50 milliseconds plus latency or right. something it actually compensates that through the monitoring oh, okay so then 
basically realigns the live audio signal with That's everything being amazing. played. Yeah. Then you can record and not have that like yeah. huge offset. Yeah. Big projects. I'll, you know, sometimes having it a little latent is not a bad thing. Sometimes I'll just like play it and just see how it turns out. Sometimes it's got some feel to it. Yeah. But some of the bigger projects. Yeah. It is. It's kind of like a workflow buzz though. Like I think when oh, I'm yeah. like tracking my Moog at home and like playing a, a fat baseline or something, and then I have to go back and reline it up in the session or I have to like jump Opening. into my UAD console and then oh, I have yeah. to only like listen through my console and mute the track in Ableton live. Yeah. So it's like that kind of, that saves that. That or also, yeah, sometimes I'll just get fed up with it and just, um, open up, you know, new projects. So you yeah. render out the project and yeah. then now, well, yeah, I have a lot of, <clears throat> some of the bigger tunes that have, you know, hundreds of tracks in them. I'll have like guitar recording for this tune, yeah. you know, key recording for this tune. Oh, dude, me and too. I've got that tune, V1, two and three. So all of a sudden now it's just so clunky. Yeah. So when you search for that tune, it's like, it's got a live version. It's got an album version. It's got a guitar stuff. Yeah, 1.1, 1.1.1. Um, yeah. 1. It gets so clunky. I, my my desktop is just absolutely absurd because I think I started saving audio files to the desktop, you know, as their like the save folder. So when I start deleting them off my desktop, they disappear from the, it's just a mess right now. You you get so far deep into it sometimes. Yeah, you're like, what do I do? Honestly, I want to just I want to get a new computer. <laughs> just move over what I want. You just need to get more organized. No, no, that's also very true. Again, like I'm saying, I'm, I can be a very sporadic. Just no, get in and too. start going. Um, but I've, I've tried to get better. It's just my brain works in ways that I that just has that a mind brain. of its own, yeah. I guess. It's always <laughs> it's, thinking about the next it's thing. It's a detriment. Yeah, I would actually like to do that because I've, I've got, at this point, so many projects. Because, you know, with the recess stuff, there's always the live and there's always the studio. And both of them are very, you know, clunky track heavy. So. Dude, but, I feel that. I mean, I'm sure your projects, you re probably track a lot of audio. So Yeah. Takes yeah. up a lot of space. I'm sure it does. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. We were talking about your live setup. Um, so you, uh, what MIDI controllers are you using? Or maybe walk through your setup a little more. Um, I use the launch, uh, launch pad for, you know, various things. I've got samples triggered on there in the uh, little custom batch mode where it gives you four different squares. So I'll have some drums here, some, you know, acapellas or samples or stuff I can trigger. Um, you're triggering that probably in session view then because yeah. main audio is yeah. being tracked in arrangement. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I'll do, you know, sometimes just some noises and effects and stuff just to make it, you know, feel more like live, whatever. But, um, yeah, option for acapellas and stuff in different, in different tempos. Um, honestly, a lot of it is just straight up on the tracks themselves cool. so we can, you know, focus on playing, I guess a lot. Starting to get a little less, you know, it's kind of interesting with that project because we get kind of bunched, bundled into like two different categories. It's either like DJ beat making vibes or it's like, you know, opening up for like Motet or something. Like live band. Live yeah. band stuff. So yeah. it's cool that we can do both, but yeah, it's, cool. um, you know, the sets change very drastically. You know, yeah. a lot of people are like, just play the same set all the time. I'm like, I just, I don't know. It's like the, the beat kids don't want to hear all the solos and the, yeah. and the, so yeah, that's been something uh been kind of experimenting with. But other than that, uh, 900, use the DJM for effects. And I don't, for some reason, it's just got that warm. Mm -hmm. it, I don't even know. It does. It sounds good, dude. There's something, like there's, the something there's a little, there's a little thing about it coming out of a box that I like. Also, I like just the USB interface is very easy for that. It's kind of universally easier to mess with, but. So you carry that 
DJ and mixer with you. Okay, for but a lot of you know, for a lot of the shows we play, you know, if we're opening up for like late night radio they or something, have them, probably. They, yeah, they're up. Yeah, yeah a most lot of venues. Have most those. venues have them, uh, so we'll share them. That makes it easy. But I mean, for my personal setup, I do pretty much the same thing, but I just add you know keys, um, a little serum lead that I made, and so I'll just use a little little tiny MIDI controller for key stuff. Nice, and I just. You know, got all I got. I've got it down to where I've got everything in this little tiny, just for travel purposes. So I can do like a couple acapellas here, a couple noises here, leads, switch it for different leads and stuff. Um, other than that, uh, Gilly plays a Nord, and um, he's got a King Korg synth on top. Nice. Does a little double stack there, and we run that through the house. We've tried it a couple different ways. We're running it through Ableton to make sure that you know the sound guy's not gonna. Yeah. You know, every room is different too. So. Yeah. That can be kind of difficult to hone in. But um, other than that, yeah. And also monitoring through Ableton definitely bogs down CPU. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, bogs down. That's, that's yeah. a big one, too. And also, I think we both like to play where we can't... We want to hear each other, but we don't want to... It gets real clunky when we're both... You know, if he's coming through my monitors the where he wants to hear it, then... So it's nice to be able to have two monitors running through the house. And I a lot of times will just keep my monitor on him down, and I can listen through his. Yeah. Um, yeah, I ran into the same issue too because I would I was performing a lot with a live band. Kind of the same thing you were saying is like I would do my own thing, DJing for like more of a DJ environment, and then yeah. I have a live band thing. Definitely ran through a lot of the issues you were talking about of like, do I monitor through Ableton? Do I just run it front of house? And if I do run it through front of house, like you know, how am I going to get a good mix? Like, blah, yeah, blah. that's a big one. Definitely, yeah. Like I really I got to the point of where I just had my own in ear system that we basically controlled the whole mix with a Behringer uh, X air. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can just cr- control our entire mix and then give separate outs to That's the sound great. man or a, a, ma- a main out. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've had problems with, you know, going to some venues, shout out all sound guys, but you know, sometimes you get to a venue where they're just never know, dude. Yeah. And if they're used to like, they see and they're like, Oh, they got guitar and keys up there. That's so cool. And there's yeah. like an older guy who mixed bands or something. Uh, you know, all of a sudden I'll watch if I, if I get kind of lost in the moment, I forget to step out and listen to it, which is obviously very important, but yeah. sometimes, you know, we don't have time to do that. And then I'll, I'll get the video or the playback or something. And I'm like, man, it's like all the beats and everything are so in the, like just really quiet and the instruments are so loud. That hurts the most. I yeah. want the beats to be slamming. I want you to be like, kind of just barely hear the guitar, you know, uh, yeah. but that's not how people mix all the time. But yeah, it's great to be able to control your own. That's huge. Yeah. It's definitely more work too. Definitely a lot more work yeah. involved. Yeah. I've heard that from a lot of people is like, we would just at some point just gave basically a left and right. Cause yeah. you just control the sound, but it also depends on the venue too. That's like such a hard thing to yeah. be able to like configure a really good sound when you've got like that blend between live instruments and electronic stuff. Right, totally. Pretty Lights is doing a crazy version of yeah, that, that right setup, now. and it sounds so great. It's insane. It sounds insane. He's running. For I was told, I don't know exactly, but I was told that he basically had the band and everything running to the front of house, and then it was running back running to back him. Running back in, yeah. And he was basically had his own it's like all mixer. Too. He's yeah. just he's basically live mixing the whole yeah. band on stage. It's yeah. the final output. I'm pretty sure that that's correct. Yeah, yeah, and it sounds so good. I I went to. Um, I caught a few of those shows. Um, I went to the first one at Mission, and just the way that room sounded was... Mission sounds so good. Yeah. Well, with that setup, too. I was uh, really, really impressed. <clears throat> I mean, coming from a good source, like, obviously, they're, they're going to do it right, but yeah. 
really listening to that going all analog back in. It was so warm. It was so big and it was so full without being just, you know, obnoxiously loud. It's incredible. And he was DJing in like fully mixed tracks on top of the drums and the yeah, keys right. and, it never and really all this got live too, stuff. You know, there wasn't, it never got too overwhelming in yeah. my opinion. It always sounded pretty, pretty solid. When you have a fat and limited budget, you can have a lot of people help pull yeah. that off too. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Sounded, the dream. Yeah. Right. Sounded so great. I saw, I did the, the mission show and then I also caught like a New Orleans show too, which was in a very, it was at Mardi Gras world, which is a very big room, oh, which, you know, those rooms are harder to dial. Mission is just, I think it was built for. AEG owns it. Yeah. Like they, was like the, they had a lot of money to put into that room. To be like the ultimate. Yeah. yeah. It sounds great. It's yeah. a great venue. It's a really sick place. Um, cool, man. Uh, your most recent album, and it was like the end of 2023, right? It was uh, self-titled Recess. Self-titled Recess. Are you going to leave that album name? Definitely same? leaving it. Okay. Um, and I think it's kind of like an homage. It's like a, it's a transitional thing where, you know, we have to obviously figure out how we're going to manage all of that. But like, yeah, it's kind of like, it feels good. It's like a staple. That is not trademarkable. You know, album names and song names, you can't mess Call with that. Call whatever you want. Yeah, so I thought, you know... Um, trying to look at the look at it positively is it's a good transitional yeah. thing to be like yeah that album i feel like <clears throat> was more inherently us like that was a the very recess like what we really wanted to go for <clears throat> i think previously we've had you get into like pandering stuff to what you think your audience wants to hear or stuff like that and i think this one was just like right down the middle what we wanted to do yeah it was a good vibe man really yeah, great album thank you I, I i was proud of that one yeah, there was a lot of older. T- we just basically took a lot of old, older tunes that we had, and kind of just tried to find <clears throat> a good, a good layout, like a good. You have just so many tracks, different vibes and stuff. Try to pick the ones that really are cohesive. Yeah, which was was fun. It was a, it was a really fun project. Besides the grueling mixing down and making everything sound good. <laughs> yeah. Did you do the own? Did you do all the mixing and mastering yourselves on that? I did all, all the mixing. Uh, Josh Fairman. Um, mastered it. And also we, we spent some time, um, you know, I would take my computer over to his, his house through his very expensive, beautiful speakers in his really nice room. And, you know, stuff would stick out. I still have the same monitors I've had for the last 10 years. They're the, you know, my Mackies I've had for forever. So taking it over to his house and listening to some, some of these things start poking out and, He's got really, really great speakers. And um, so I got to the point to where we just kind of sat down and went through stuff. And we would, we were actively, it was kind of goofy. We did a couple days there. We were actively like, we were, he was very into making it right, which was cool. Because a lot of times with mastering, you know, that's not necessarily my forte. Um, I would like to get more into that in that realm. But, you know, we're sending it off a lot and then being like, oh man, can you turn this down? I'm a little, I got a little bit of the perfectionist bug. So I want it to be right. And you start bouncing it back, and eventually you're like, all right, we're on V7, dude. Like, And I'm, like, I'm starting to feel bad. Well, Josh and I kind of did that this time together where if I would listen to it down there, something's poking out, I brought my like iMac in there, and I would go upstairs and run up there and turn the shaker down, take a little of the high end yeah. off, take it back down, send it back to him on a hard drive, and then we'd listen to it, and we'd be like, there it is. You know, that's <clears throat> did a lot of that, with a lot of sub work like that. That's when I found out that the uh, sub was probably needed for me for that record so I could hear some of that stuff because I would go to his house and I'd be like oh well that's certainly very loud yeah <laughs> or we've, like we've all felt that yeah yeah so um the car yeah. test yeah it, well and that you know the biggest one 
is that my car lost its ability to have it's old it's 2013 so it doesn't have the cd players broken on it it doesn't have it has aux but nothing has aux anymore so i never got to do car tests also it's a 2013 suburban with these uh bose speakers where they were trying to market it as like it's got bose they sound terrible so i didn't get the eq curve is wild it's absolutely absurd so i never got to really car test it and that hurt um uh, I did a little bit, I would, but I would have to, you, you know, I would have to like call people and be like, Hey, can I listen to stuff in your web? Which is not, you know. Yeah. I've, yeah, that can be a real struggle with like finding the right balance and then going back and forth to your car constantly. There's <clears> these, <throat> there's these headphones that I've been wanting to play with, uh, Sennheiser. I think they're new. Cause I saw people posting about them at, uh, nam nam this year. Mm-hmm. So I think they're pretty new, but it's the Sennheiser HD four nineties pro. They're like open back studio headphones, but they've got like a software modeling control room. Oh, I've seen that. So you can like you basically can like... change up the environment of how that. they're how they're playing back. Like so you can make it seem like a studio mixing environment with different speaker types, I think. Oh, you can also go to like can't you go to like small like pill speakers? <laughs> you can do all that, right? Like you can go to different Yeah. I almost said click on it, but that's a picture. <laughs> they call it Circumoral Studio Headphones for pre- precise audio production and monitoring. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I've seen that. Uh, it looks really interesting. You can even do it on like, you can make it, you know, for crappy computer speakers versus like yeah. a pill or whatever they call it, the little. Rocket, uh, Rocket Sound came Bluetooth. out with a plug-in called Car Test. Oh, maybe that's what I was thinking of too. I think it's free. I wouldn't pay for it if it's not, to be honest. But yeah. it was actually just, it was like an extra bonus thing for just referencing. Yeah, just anything. Just an extra little thing to listen and reference. Okay. I played with this before. I haven't used it really since, but it was kind of a cool concept. Right. What do you think is built into the... It, they, I don't know. Polarity of like the the sound mixed with the wideness. So like it had some kind of weird like mid side thing that oh, it that did makes to sense because yeah that makes sense because you're talking about yeah car yeah. speakers that are get an idea <clears throat> of what your mix will sound like inside of a car. That's it's great. My car doesn't sound like this at all, but it's it a, was it I, was a good like extra thing to reference. If you can run it through anything, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I run it through Bluetooth speakers, little small ones. I didn't get to run into a car. Um, my old roommate had a really nice car, but he moved out. Um, so I was kind of on an island there. Uh, again, I didn't want to bug people and be like, hey, man, can you? Because, like, you know, that's a, I can't just listen to something once and be like, good. Yeah. I need to, like, I, I actually, who was it? Uh, producer. It wasn't Fred again. I can't remember, but it was somebody who was. won a Grammy. Oh, really? Yeah. Congrats, Fred again. Yeah, shout out to Fred again. Yeah, he should win Grammys. Yeah, I agree. Just producing for something, I can't remember what it was, but uh, basically the deadline was like, all of a sudden it just came up really quickly. And he was like at a hotel, he was on tour. They're like, we need that track by tomorrow. Like mix, master, done. And he just had his laptop with him on the road or something. And he like, you know, very much relied on his car to, you know, stitch that stuff up. So he got an Uber and drove, and he was like, yo, (laughs) turn it up and drive around the city. I will pay you extra. I will tip you huge. And I think he took this Uber around you know, they had obviously the money was there. It was a yeah. big, it was a big tune. But he drove around for like two hours and had this guy. Wow. And he was like, "I feel really bad," but he was like, "I got it done. I, t- I had it turned in by nine a.m." That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it turns out that Uber driver, like, he only listened to folk music. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't imagine getting blasted by... I think he just said he sat in the back seat and just sat there and... That driver lost a little bit of hearing that day. Yeah, I hope you tipped him fat. Yeah, I hope you got a fat tip for a two-hour ride blasting music. Yeah, just driving one around. Song. Yeah, <laughs> just oh, that's one song. Well, not, not only just one song, but one section at times. So it's like... Bah, bah, eight bar loops <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> They're just hitting that space bar and being like, that ah. poor guy. Yeah, well... I mean, I'd let Fred again do that to me. I would drive him around and do that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was him, and I can't remember. Um, but it was. It was a big tune that came out. Um, yeah. Did you watch the Grammys at all this last weekend? I didn't. I I really don't watch the Grammys anymore. I, I just either. read about it because it's too. usually the same thing on yeah. TV. I watched the I watched the clips of all the. I guess Killer Mike got arrested. Yeah, I saw that. That was interesting. Jay Z said some yeah, little, stuff. Yeah, Jay Z. I'm just all for the tea. That's all. Same people on stage. Oh, I never figured out what Killer Mike got arrested for. Taylor said, Swift was off doing a bunch of shameless promo for her new album. Oh yeah, saw that. Saw Miley Cyrus was kind of crushing it. She has had some like yeah. a lot of confidence. So it was cool. I just see clips. I'm, yeah. Um, She's got that like really cool like smoker voice. You know she what I does. Mean? She's yeah. Got that, but she like was, she makes it work. Yeah, she does good. totally. She's got you know of of all the of all the pop singers in general. Like she's a real one. She's not she's not hiding behind something. She's no. she's a very great singer and I like her. I do too. She was. Uh, I just saw a couple clips of her ripping a tune, and she just kind of had this Tina Turner dance vibe going on. I was like, okay, yeah. like I like that. It's nice to see actual talent and yeah. stuff. Not saying that a lot of those people aren't talented, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. People who like really put the heart and soul into it. Yeah, totally. So I want to respect your time. It's like we've been going up for like an hour and a half. Oh, really? That's pretty sick. Uh, we've just been ripping. Shout out to Philos Records. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think you and Late Night Radio. I'm trying to think if I've had anybody else on from that label, but I love their stuff. You yeah. get a great lineup. You should have a uh, Artifacts Garrett Garrett on. Yeah, he's a Fruity Loops guy, but man, he's. Is he? Yeah, he's a Fruity Loops guy, but he he uses Ableton live. But his his knowledge base is really it's really deep. I've learned a lot from him too. Yeah, I've, I've listened to him for a long time. Oh, he's really yeah. starting to dive in. Like he's getting yeah. he's doing he's he's nerding out. I love it. He's crushing. He did a really cool Maddie O'Neill remix. Oh yeah, uh, for her album. That was yeah, really yeah, definitely. It's very different from a lot of his other stuff. Yeah, I think that's kind of the feels like the direction. I don't want to speak for him, but. He's definitely getting more into that. That wub. Yeah, like audiovisual stuff too. He's been crushing, but he would be a great, even if, you know, just talking production, you guys would yeah. probably nerd out on that. That'd be cool. Uh, I have, I don't really honestly know too much about FL. Like I, I don't either. Yeah. yeah, but I think, you know, there's still the basic. He He's very VST oriented too. But yeah, it's been a while since I've clicked on the little lights on the drum. <laughs> that's, my, that's my only experience with it. But yeah, um, Philos has been really, really great. Yeah, super supportive. Jordan is uh, owner and CEO. I've heard good things about Jordan. Jordan is a big sweetheart, man. He's very supportive. He's great. How long have you been with them? Uh, it's a good question. 2018 was the first record we put out with them. So I think somewhere it's been around a while. there. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, it's a very small, kind of curated roster. I love everybody on it. and Love that. Any fun, like, wild show or tour tour stories that you've had? Anything that sticks out? Man, that's a good question. Not that I can think of off the top. There's been just so many, you know, it's all just a, a huge blur. Any failed stage dives? No failed stage dives, but I have had quite a bit more this year of uh, 
just issues in setting up and playing to where I can't like focus on, you know, monitor stuff or uh, latency yeah. on stuff or, um, and that's kind of got me in, you know, you sometimes rush around to get to a sound check or you don't get a full one and then you have to go rip. Yeah. And it's just very hard for me to get into mental space too, where it's like, I'm comfy and we're really clicking. Especially at a festival. Like, cause yeah. they're honestly that's, a time it's, crunch. It's yeah. so fast. That's yeah. why I've honestly tried to even like doing the solo project. I'm more into like, we'll just do a little less guitar. It's like beats and you know, it's just easier, but uh wild tour. Yeah. I don't know. I probably have a bunch I can't say on here. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay we'll leave it at that <laughs> that's fine you can tell me later uh yeah any upcoming projects you're working on you want to shout out people should know about um you know i'm just uh been focusing a little bit on the flamingosis thing my like solo project i think is what i'm really going to start focusing on after we get this the name ironed out um and projects in town, I love, honestly, I love the community of musicians that rip around town, like Gerard's Jam, got AJ Solace playing keys and doing SMRT, which is his project with <clears throat> very live looping, all just off the cuff. And then <clears throat> even off the cuff, which is uh, uh, E-Man, his project, which is at Metal Arc, which is all just like... You know, do you ever go to any of those, any of the jams around town? I haven't. No, I need to, though. I, I keep yeah. getting I'll invited. take you out someday, man. I would there's, love that, dude. There's a, there's a, you know, Mondays, a metal art jam, jazz jam. There's Wednesday is off the cuff, which is pretty incredible. I've heard about that. I've heard good things. Yeah. yeah. And then sometimes they do uh, IEM sessions, which is um, kind of the same thing, but integrating Ableton and computer. And nice. You can, you know, people can bring their beats out there and you get a live band to play over it, which is okay. really cool. That's yeah. Sick. It's super yeah it's a good community um sounds fun yeah i love i love all that stuff because you know still love just as much as i love beats and production i love music and as a as yeah. a whole in my heart you know yeah but um yeah i grew up playing jazz drums so i feel nice. like i feel like i would enjoy that yeah, yeah. Well, we got to go to let's go to an off the cuff sometime i'm that'd be cool i'm free for the next couple of weeks and i'd love to go hang out the let's im sessions it. are pretty cool that's where aj does a lot of a lot of crazy, you know, it's mostly just looping and, and stuff like that, but he's triggering a lot, looping on the fly. and Nice. It's a very rustic, like, in the moment, you know, things can happen yeah. kind of thing, and you just kind of have to go with it. It's really fun. It's really cool. Cool, man. Any other projects or anything specific? Any other projects? That's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just playing guitar with some people here and there, and, you know, again, working on that Flamingosis live band that's... It's going to wind up being a thing. And That's really dope. So you're playing guitar with him pretty consistently? Yeah, playing guitar and, and also kind of helping with the the rundown of everything and trying making it click Sick. a little bit with uh, Jeff Franca, MDing too, which is, he's been really helpful on that. And yeah, it's a, it's a collective thing, you know. I think it's kind of a new thing. We're all trying to figure out our space in it and how to make it work. Because, yeah. you know, taking beats and making it in a band happens all the time. Uh, but, you know, it's not always... It's hard it's like, to make billion, it hit. Yeah, there's a million ways, to do, ways to do it, man. And to make it hit and yeah. sound like inherently the artist too, while taking away all the tracks is kind of a thing too. But, dude, thanks for hanging on the podcast. Yeah, thanks I appreciate for having your me, time. It's super good to finally meet the face. Yeah, I absolutely. To, I have to pee so bad. Well, that, so that I'm went, gonna close it off here. Yeah, I had no idea. Hour and a half went by pretty quick. I was just vibing, dude. It really did. I don't know how long we've actually been recording, but we've definitely been sitting here over an hour and a half. <laughs> great, man. Yeah, it's great to talk to you. Dude. Dude, likewise, man. Likewise. All right, everybody, make sure you go check out whatever name <laughs> we're going to put on this episode. Not Recess. Formally Recess. Formally Recess is going to yeah. be the thing. Um, yeah, it'll be great. Yeah. And the Recess album as well.
well. It was a good one. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, thank you. Man. All right. See you later, everybody. Bye. I'm gonna stop button. And it all didn't record. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my god. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. Do me a huge favor, hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening. If you don't hate the podcast, please leave a five-star review. It would be really helpful to me. If you want to be the first to get new episodes, the latest updates, maybe some free sound libraries or packs or whatever, join the newsletter. Just go to liveproducersonline.com slash newsletter or check out the link in the show notes. If you didn't know, you could actually leave your thoughts on this podcast episode and other episodes on Spotify. Just leave a quick comment, let me know what you think, and I will do my best to make this podcast even more awesome. Don't forget to give this guest a follow on the socials, give him some love. Last but not least, I want to give a huge thank you to KMG Life Studios in Denver, Colorado for letting us use their space And yeah, they also have some really cool Ableton live training, lots of good stuff. So check them out. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. We'll see you next time.